All right, let me do a uh, do our little rolling start here. Hello and welcome to the Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers. And on the call here with me, I'm honored to have with uh, Mr. Ray Camacho. He is of a nonprofit called Fat on Fat or Fat of the Bat on the Fat on the Ball. And we had a nice, interesting conversation recently. And there's some cool little nuggets here. Uh, first, I want to welcome you to the show, Ray. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Cool, dude. Well, hey, we're going to dig into some stuff, I think, and the, the 30 minutes goes pretty quick. So um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty, plenty to talk about in future stuff. Um, but first question I want to ask you, tell me a little bit about your nonprofit, like where you guys are and what it's about. Okay, uh, so I started off a Fat on Fat Baseball Academy, but then recently I started doing softball. So I actually changed the name to Fat on Fat Academy. But uh, the name came about when I was growing up, my dad was trying to think of something nice and easy for me to remember and something that rhymed, right? And so he was like, son, fat of the bat, fat of the ball. And so that concept is something I grew up chasing my whole life because I was just trying to square the ball up with fat on fat. And it was just a catchy phrase that everybody would use. And, uh, you know, my dad would just be real quiet and simple with it. Fat on fat, son. Watch the ball, fat on fat. And so I was just I had that concept. And as I grew up, I thought it was kind of cheesy, honestly, a little bit. You know, I felt embarrassed a little bit to talk about it to some of the guys. And then I started coaching, and they started really liking it. Like, the young guys started liking it and saying, what's fat on fat, coach? And, they, you know, they wanted more stuff. And I ended up uh, needing an outlet for myself because I was coaching an organization, and I was, I was working at another organization. I was doing things for everybody else, and I needed my own passion in my own lane. And so – uh, what ended up happening was I, I created my own college team and I needed a name. And so my dad was like, you got to go with fat on fat. And I was like, dad, these college guys are going to laugh me out of here. Like everybody's going to talk mess. They're going to, they're going to clown me. I don't want to be clowned by college guys. Uh, I still felt like I was a college guy as well, trying to coach. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't believe in it. And I, I shared it with a partner. I shared it with a couple of people, my idea. And, you know, they kind of was like, dude, that's awesome. I love that name. I shared it with the commissioner of the, of the, the CCBL league that was playing in the summer. And he was like, that is the best name ever. And he actually coached me when I was in high school and college. And so he was like, I, I love it, right? You need, you need to go with the name. And so when I got that feedback, I was like, as cheesy as it may feel for me, because it's something my dad gave me, you know, and sometimes as a, as a son, you think your dad's cheesy and, uh, or, or corny and, but everybody loved my dad. Everybody thought my dad was funny, you know, but of course the son's always going to think he's lame. And, uh, so I was like, I'm going to run with it. And if I could, and I wanted to turn a negative into a positive because fat is, is a negative word. Right. And, uh, and so we always, uh, you know, we have, uh, we think it's a negative word. I feel, I feel like I have enough energy to turn it to a positive word. And I'm from San Antonio, Texas. My company's based out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I've lived in San Antonio, Texas my whole life. Uh, I love San Antonio. Everything I do is for the city. Everything I do is for the kids in the city. And we have an obesity problem here. And so uh, when I started doing fat on fat, I was 50 pounds heavier at the time. And so I had a lot of black backlash. I had a lot of people talking mess to me saying, oh, your, your company's fat on fat because you're fat, bro. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was going through a lot of personal things. And, and they said some uglier stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm. I always tell these guys, you know, the biggest teaching in my, in, in my, in my teaching with the kids is if you're going to be good, you're going to have to be ready to accept what comes with being good because there's going to be snakes in the grass. There's going to be your own teammates trying to go against you. 
there's going to be a whole bunch of negativity that being the dude entitles. And so if you're not ready to accept that, then you can't be the dude because you'll fall short. And, you know, it's a lot of mental stuff. And so, uh, you know, I just really wanted to be a forefront in, in, in this for, for fitness, for uh, obesity in San Antonio. I wanted to bring awareness. And five years ago when I started it, I really didn't have a, a lane. I didn't know what I was going to do until I really started doing my first video of showing my training. And five years ago, I, I was nothing compared to who I am now. I, I look at those old videos and I, I look at myself like, you're a chump. Gosh, I, how can you let that kid get away with that movement? How can you let him do that? Man, I, I, it makes me angry in a sense at myself that I couldn't figure out my philosophy and my lane faster because I could have helped so many more kids. And that passion drives me today to not let anybody have bad movements when they come into the RPO, which stands for real players only. So I have Fat on Fat Academy and it stands for real players only. And, uh, you know, real players know who real players are and real recognizes real. And, uh, you know, you can't fake being real because once you step on that line between those lines, you know who you are. And uh, I just love I love everything that baseball and softball brings to to the table. And uh, I always talk about it. I'm going to do this. till I die. Mm -hmm. I love it. And that's what really came out and struck me in our com initial conversation was the fact that you're you're training baseball and softball players but it's not to be baseball and softball players it's to be better in life, right? You're teaching, you're teaching life through baseball and softball. And that's, and that's what, what I really love. The other thing is, and we can get into that in a little bit, but I really wanted to jump into the training side of things. So strength conditioning. And I asked you a question. I said, who are your top two follows for strength conditioning? And who'd you say, who was your first one? I'll check, man. I'll check. So those out there, Paul Check is no joke. Go out and check out the Check Institute. So what what brought you to Paul Check and then how do you feel Paul Check has helped your hitters? Like the his information has helped your hitters. Man, so uh so I got I got introduced to Paul Check uh just going down a wormhole of different trainers and instructors. You know, I I'm pretty sure you went down the same path cuz we're men and we're baseball players and everybody's trying to be the biggest, fastest, strongest and it's all about information. Well, how much information can you input in your head and how much can you actually process and how much can you actually apply? And so I, I, I feel Paul Check is a, a indirectly mentoring me every day. I listen to his podcast. He, it feels like he's speaking directly towards me. Um, you know, so I actually got introduced to Elliot Hulse a long time ago and his stronger version of yourself. And I've really followed his transformation and we all have our transformation as men. And, you know, I was into the bodybuilding scene and, and, and all that stuff, trying to be the biggest, strongest dude. And, you know, man, it's a, that was a toxic mentality for a baseball player because I ended up messing my body up senior year. I, I, I may say mess up, but I had the best year of my senior year ever. And I, and I set records and stuff like that. But I'm saying I always want to be the best. And so I'm always going to critique myself if I mess up. And I will always put myself down if I do mess up because I'm just honest. And so I messed up a lot of my mobility aspects by just bodybuilding and, and doing a lot of hypertrophy training and not focusing on strength and speed. And so I got two seconds, two, two tenths of a second slower on my uh, 60 time. So I was running a six, eight and I started running a seven, one because I wanted to drop bombs. Right. Yep. And I didn't realize I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone in my ear saying, bro, you got to stay fast. If you lose your speed, you are nothing. They, ha they have big six foot three guys that mash. You're not that guy. You have to be a fast infielder like you've always been. And I lost sight of that. And I lost my chance to get drafted when it came down to it because of speed. And I, I never got officially said that, but I know deep down in my heart, that's what it was. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, because nothing else held me back. I'm still a dude. I'm 36. I still can play, still can hit bombs, hit a bomb lefty yesterday, uh, Sunday, you know, <laughs> and that was the first time I ever did that. And I can tell you the training works because I'm doing everything I teach and preach myself at 36. Mm-hmm. And if my mobility helps, helps me, it's going to help a 10 year old. If my strength conditioning helps me, it's going to help a 13, 14 year old. And so I, I try to empower these guys uh, to really do that. But so, you know, Elliot Hulse came from a strongman competition and uh, he was real big and swole. And I used to love listening to his rants because he always spoke very, very intelligent. I always wanted to be a, a, a meathead, but an intelligent meathead <laughs> and, and, and be, a best of both worlds. You know, mm-hmm. like I can go in and out of bodybuilding, powerlifting. I can go talk to a, a you know, physics major, a teacher. I can talk to anybody. I can walk in any circle because I love that I have the social uh, awareness to be, to be flowing in those circles and talk to anybody because if anybody can teach me anything, like you worth you worth something to me because I love knowledge and wisdom. It's one of the biggest things that, you know, Paul check put me on, uh, in his book, it was maybe like six months ago. I wrote down, my goal was to be, uh, you know, to have knowledge and wisdom and to be able to apply it to my sport and just keep learning every day and growing. And, and honestly, that's, what's really happening every day. Cause I tell parents like my training may switch up from next week to the next week, because my training, like we talked about, it's ever evolving. And it's ever evolving with me because one kid teaches me how to do something for another kid. And it's all the same uh, mechanics. You know, you, if he has bad ankles, this guy has bad ankles. If I see it, boom, we're going to do ankle mobility stuff. Uh, if, his, if he can't go up on his tippy toes because uh, his feet are weak, we're going to work on feet for 20, 30 minutes because that matters. Um, you know, not getting in the cage, not warming up and just swinging. Like it, we have to change the culture. These kids just want to get in there and move and their body's not primed up. They're not ready to rock and roll. They don't understand the me- mechanics of a movement. And so I get kids as young as four and as old as 22, and I'm teaching them all the same things. And I talk to them all the same way. And I know those little kids, they're going to be dudes when they grow up. And the girls are going to be studs because the girls, they listen the best, obviously. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they do. So that's been, all, that's been awesome uh, with me, really, you know, because I never, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing softball. But uh, I mean, they've really accepted me and, and, and local coaches as, have liked what I've done with hitters and I've had kids that shouldn't hit home runs that are hitting home runs. And it's, I don't take any credit for it because it's hard ass work and they are doing all the work. I'm just showing them the way. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is I want to give direction because if kids and parents don't know direction, they don't know where to go. And so they think anything they do is good. No, no. The right stuff is good. The right way is good. The, the most functional, the strongest way to be a healthy individual is the right way. And uh, so Hel- Elliot Hulse is actually the one responsible for putting me on Paul check and uh, listen to Elliot Hulse and his, uh, his podcast. I started finding my direction because Elliot Hulse is really big into masculinity and building men up and keeping men strong. And I've been blessed with the facility like this because a man took a chance on me and he believed in me and he said, I wanted to give you the opportunity to pay it forward. And so I've been very blessed to have a gym and two cages and at my own little place to call myself, um, call myself home, uh, you know, the RPO. And um, now that I'm kind of getting a little momentum and, and things are going good, now I'm giving back because everything I do is going back to the kids. So I'm, I'm in, I have a lane now. So I keep creating new logos and new things. So I have fat on fat and fit on fit. So I'm actually, two days ago, I'm working on another logo, flat on flat, because I have flat feet. And mm-hmm. I have probably like 20, 30 kids that have flat feet. And so the first time I heard I had flat feet, the doctor was like, 
Uh, he's going to have hard times with the ankles. He started saying all these negative things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had two or three ways to think about it. And I was like, you know what? Nah, nah, I don't feel anything he's saying. My ankles hurt a little bit, but I warm them up. I'm good to go. And so all those exercises he prescribed, I did them every day. I did them every, every day because I've always wanted to be the best at everything. And I was a football player at the time. I was the quarterback. I knew my feet needed to eat. And I just worked out really, really hard to grow my legs. And my whole life, I've had huge legs. And people have always talked about my legs. And I've always had my pants tight and up. I've always been a leadoff batter. I've always showed that physical strength that people can just see looking at my legs and can tell that, hey, man, he might be good. <laughs> he might be able to run a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've taken pride with that. But that was instilled by, by my dad, instilling those, 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 uh, those morals and those ethics in me. And he really, really put a lot of good groundwork in myself. It's kind of hard to go against some of those things sometimes. And it's one of the reasons why I have a big heart. And, uh, you know, I just love hearing people's stories and, uh, I, I really, I've always been a good listener. And so when I hear an intelligent man speak, you shut up. And that was like the number one rule. My dad always said, you're going to hang out with adults. You're going to hang around grown men. You shut up until they ask and talk to you if you're a little boy, or if you don't know what you're talking about, you just listen. And so listening taught me a lot of things. It just, it's, it's right there in front of you. If you're listening and you're aware of stuff. I love that, man. That, hey. More, more and more I learn about you, the more we talk. That's that listening part as an advice. You have to know who, when you're, when you're a teacher, you got to know when you're a student. And sometimes you got two teachers talking to each other, but sometimes even in that conversation, one teacher might know more than the other teacher. So then the teacher that doesn't have quite the, the knowledge needs to, like you said, shut up and listen and not try and fight the other guy when they don't have all the information, right? So it's this kind of, liquid relationship that happens between student and pupil or uh, pupil and teacher right um yes, I love that. so I, I got a on your facebook page there's a cool quote looks like um I, you re redid it you know you um share <laughs> i'm thinking retweet we're not on twitter uh, here, here, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the quote it's extremely tough as a parent to watch our kids struggle fail and and be rejected but if we don't let them experience it while they're young they'll have no idea how to handle it when life shows up later on down the road our job is to love them and teach them how to work through it talk about that a little bit so i uh i told you this a little bit about last time and what i do in the sessions you know because a lot of times you know parents are hovering over and watching you move and and work and talk and how you're watching everything and i'm Mm -hmm. very analytical myself i may not see it I wear sunglasses all the time because I don't want people to know where my eyes are going. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's, a, it's a coaching thing as well. But it, I know mm-hmm. I understand the physical appearance. And, you know, as you're a coach and you're sitting there like this, you look like you're doing something, right? <laughs> and so if you're staring at a kid and he knows he's messing up, he's going to feel that energy. Mm-hmm. And so I've always done that. And so uh, when I first started out, I was really nervous about what people thought about what I was saying. You know, I'm like, man, they think I'm messing their kid up. Or maybe they're not uh, emotionally uh, – woke like me or maybe they don't understand some of the things so I got really really nervous uh speaking but then I started realizing the kid is only going to be as good as the parents and so what I started doing was I just started sharing stories and uh, as I continue to talk to other kids and open it up and motivate them I always share my life stories because uh, my life stories teach me a lot about things and I know the way I am because of my dad and so one of the best things my dad ever did he coached me till I was 12 but he always let me play. He never overcoached me. I don't think I ever heard my dad yell at me on the field. He never told me to go warm up. 
He never told me to do anything. As soon as we got out of the car, it, I already knew because we were talking about that stuff of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and how you're going to show up, how you're going to look, who you are. Like he, he laid the, 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 the platform for me when I was a little kid. And this is what I do, what I do now. I just took it a hundred million times more because I went farther than him. And at the age 12, he was always telling me that you're better than ever I was. And he was my hero, my idol. And so as I started realizing in that interaction with parents, that parents are sabotagers as well. And my big thing is I need to, I need to make them understand whether you need a peel back or whether you need to be involved more. And so my thing that I tell every parent is like, look, especially the dads, because sometimes the dads have egos and oh, you know, oh no, no. Like, and, and sometimes the softball dads are the worst because yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's their little girl and I'm teaching their little girl and they get, they get all huffy puffy sometimes, sometimes, but you know, I just show them love and break them down and show them what I'm trying to teach. But my thing is I teach the parents. And so I always tell the parents, your kid is only going to be as good as you. So if you reiterate what I'm saying and you back me up, cause I'm always going to back you up. I am never going to say, I'm never going to disrespect you to your kid. I'm going to only help your relationship out. And so we are a team and it's all about your kid. And so obviously parents love their kids. And so they're going to understand that. Yes, you're right. We're not working against each other because if we do now, the kid doesn't know what the heck to do. And now he, he, he's always, always, always going to follow the, the, the parents lead. And so if I can have the parent buy-in, I know it's only a matter of time to that kid buys in because now the kid's accepting. And so I always tell the story when I was 12, my dad sat me down and said, look, I've taught you everything I know. You're better than me. I don't know how to get you to that next level anymore. You have to be looking for something else now and, for, and learn from other people. And so I can honestly tell you, I didn't learn from any other adults. No, all my coaches, I mean, maybe like one little rinky dink thing, but it was very generic. And I like to pride myself in not being just like uh, the scratch the surface guy. Mm-hmm. I get deep, 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 deep. And I always say like breaking it down to the single digit, right? Like you got a million, I'm going to break it down all the way to the simplest form to get you to understand. And if you don't understand, we're going to keep doing it and keep talking, or I'm going to do something physical with you because I need you to understand. And so I have simple goals when I get in the cage with guys. And uh, I, my, my dad releasing me and him being a big man and saying he can't take me anymore helped me take ownership of myself because I, that my dad had a bad back and he was in a, he was in a bed for like a year. And so uh, the doctor said he was never supposed to ever like uh, walk again. He blew some discs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember him being in a bed in, my, in the living room, uh, just laying there all the time. And he showed me how to fold towels. He showed me how to do stuff. And I was so literal. I would like, he would show me how to fold towels laying down in his bed and I would lay down on the ground and fold (laughs) towels, dude. And so I was, you you know, so I understood that kids mimic movements. And so I always prided myself in being healthy and in shape and showing kids and not just sitting on a bucket and getting up and working out and challenging the kids. I work out with the kids. Sometimes I, I run with the kids sometimes on Sunday. uh, I have a senior that's coming to work out with me on Sundays and I'm not charging them. It's we're working out together because I want to show them, how it's supposed to be done and how I work. And, uh, you know, because I put my head down, I don't, I don't see nothing. No more. I just go, just go to work. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm, and I'm serious about it still because I want to be the best. Um, I'm playing in a world series in Arizona for men's and senior baseball league. And, you know, I got stuff to prove, uh, you know, I haven't played in a long time. And so I just want to give it one last hurrah and I love learning. So as I'm in this journey as well, I'm still continuing to learn. And I feel like if I'm learning, 
I'm growing and I'm going to pass it on to the kids. And so as I enhance my threshold and my knowledge, I'm bringing everybody with me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And, and the idea that, that these kids nowadays, and I've heard this from multiple coaches, this isn't just me and I've not that I just heard it from you, but that players are soft and that I think when you have these athletes in multiple sports, whether it's soccer and football and whatnot, is people don't realize when they get into baseball and softball, and this, I mean, we could, you and I could get into probably arguments with other sports people about this, but I think baseball and softball, hitting a baseball, softball consistently hard is the hardest thing to do in any sport. Like, definitely, you know what I'm saying? I went into b basketball for three years when Michael Jordan was playing in the mid nineties because I love Michael Jordan. So I, I never played organized basketball. I did soccer organized, I did baseball and I did martial arts for three years, but I did basketball just with some buddies on the, on my street and did that. I mean, it was hard, but it, it took me, I don't know, six months, eight months till I could finally figure out where I needed to shoot and things like that. And so they come into the sport and expect to hit 800 and 900 and you know what i'm saying it's not gonna it's happen. very disrespectful honestly it is it is and to have that kind of mentality coming into our sport and thinking things are just going to be easy and i even have parents that it's pitching versus hitting what's what's harder and i and i i always say that hitting's harder and i have a buddy that teaches pitching he's the he's the guy i send my my hitters to to go learn pitch to, to learn pitching uh -huh. and hitting is harder than pitching because, and I pitched, I pitched all the way through my sophomore year in high school until I went full-time outfield and, and hitting. And the thing was, is I knew where I was going to throw the ball, what kind of pitch I was going to throw and in what location and speed. I knew all that beforehand, right? Whether it went there or not, I don't, you know, who knows, <laughs> but hitting, I don't know any of that stuff. And, and when they say, well, there's a, there's a mind game that the pitcher has to play against a hitter. Well, doesn't the hitter have to play a mind game against a pitcher? Man, that's what I teach, bro. That's what I teach. I, and I don't film it because I don't want to share it with people. But my field work, my, my, my live at bats, that's what the high school guys come for mm -hmm. because I did it better than anybody. Like when I hit that home run on Sunday, this guy was a nobody. And I'm not disrespecting him, but I know he was a nobody. He wasn't throwing hard. He was throwing like 70, 75. I know who I am. And so full count. He goes like this to show mm -hmm. me that curveball, mm -hmm. and I right away, just to who I am, and I never like really like paid attention to those things because I just saw the ball hit the ball all the time. But I saw that, and I remember thinking curveball, and then as soon as he released, I saw that badass mm -hmm. backspin, mm -hmm. and then I just crapped on it, yeah. and I was like, chump, you know, like you think you're gonna trick me with like JV tricks? Yeah. Because for one, you don't throw hard, so I don't, I'm not scared of you. Two, I know that if I sit back, you're not gonna blow anything by me. And so uh, I try to teach kids that because I do the same thing on the pitching end. I, I wouldn't call myself a pitcher, but I could pitch. I pitched a little bit in college. I pitched in high school, but they couldn't take me out of shortstop because we didn't have a shortstop. Mm -hmm. And so when I pitch, they hit the ball at shortstop. It's frustrating because I used to be that guy making errors. And now somebody else is making errors for me. And so, uh, you know, I, but I call myself a competitor and I know how to play the game. I was never a good paper guy. So we're one of the reasons why I feel like I didn't get drafted. But you put me in a game, I do all the right things. I get on base, I steal the base, I read the ball, I see the pitcher. Uh, you know, I always liked hitting off of big, big, tall pitchers because they always thought that they were better than me because it's physical. Mm -hmm. And my dad was talking about it yesterday, and I can hear the anger in his voice, how I got shortchanged for my size. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I used to tell everybody, I'd put you against anybody. I'd put you against anybody. And so I remember sophomore year in high school, we're placing Austin Bowie. 
and they had three dudes, man. We played them three games. We had they had three dudes that were all six foot plus, going upper eighties, low nineties. Shit, I went the first game. I went four for five off that guy as a leadoff guy, and because they didn't respect me, mm-hmm. you're trying you're trying to throw mid upper eighties fastballs by me. I'm a fastball hitting son of a gun, and I'm jumping on that. So I just beat you, beat you, beat you. Guess what? Next at bat, curveball. I sit on it. You can't throw it because you're trying to throw it so hard. You spin in the ground. I had an elimination process at the age of ten. You know, I, I tell people mm-hmm. I manifested and, and prayed to God for all these things that I had mm-hmm. each night, not knowing that I was actually doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I taught myself how to keep two hands on the bat. By, and there's no tricks or gimmicks. I simply every night told myself, you hit the ball very, very good every time, but you're breaking apart. Mm-hmm. Let's just swing with two hands, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I would tell myself every night until it started to happen. And then, of course, I'd practice it and I'd try to apply it and put it in my head. And, I, and my field work was immaculate. So anytime I, I took a pitch, I always took it correctly. I was always on time. And if I wasn't, that's a negative one in the energy, right? So I get out. I do two field work. So I go one, two, or whatever I felt like I needed to do to get back in the box and get that back. And I never understood it, but I was always going in the box a plus one mm-hmm. or a plus two. Especially if I won that pitch, that means you didn't buckle me. Your curveball ain't crap. And I stared at it, and I looked back at you, and I go, yeah, you got to throw me a fastball. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to rock and roll. And I was always ready to hit. And uh, I got my batting stance from Chipper Jones. He was my favorite player. And so his dad was out of uh, Stinson University, and he created the toe tap. And the mm-hmm. toe tap to me is the most timing, the most adjustable swing that I've ever had. Yeah. And I've dabbled in other things. I've had, I listened to other guys, and they've all ruined me. And they took my timing away and my weight shift. And so the biggest thing when it comes to pitching and hitting, they're both rotational movements. Mm-hmm. You both have to read energy. And so I literally move just like the pitcher when I hit. That's why my, I'm, I'm superior in timing because I always tell pitchers this. When you're throwing, if you throw hard or if you got gas, you're trying to throw it down their throats every time, most of the time, unless you have a different mentality of like maybe just throwing a strike and you can't throw a strike. But when I got up there, I'm throwing my heart and soul every pitch because we're competing and I can do that. I can, I can throttle up. I always prided myself in being a 90% to 95 on everything I can do. Now, I would never say 100 because who can be 100 all the time, right? But I would say an A-plus student on the field. I could throw as hard as I could. I could run as hard as I could because I had control. And so when I move to load back, that guy's doing the same weight shift as I'm doing. And then, of course, I have my strong legs and everything else to go with the timing. But uh, I try to tell guys this because I show them right away from soft toss to front toss to live. If you do not have a weight shift, you have no timing. And, and they don't understand it. And so – Someone along the way told him not to move. So my biggest thing is, this is how you tell if you have a good instructor or a good coach or not. If your coach limits your movement. Now, let me tell you this. If you're Aaron Judge, you can, you can limit movements. Mm-hmm. He's Aaron Judge, yeah. and he's hella strong, and he's badass. Mm-hmm. But if you're a, a JV guy that hasn't gone on varsity yet, and if you're weak, you limit movements, you are not good. You are not going to do anything to the ball because it's strength and rhythm. And so when coaches tell you to get your foot down early, when coaches tell you to go to a two-strike approach, they're taking your rhythm out. They're taking your weight shift out. They're not even teaching it properly. Or if they tell you to go oppo and the guy throws you an inside pitch, you're screwed. And those are sabotage, sabotage, uh, you know, advice. And I talk about it openly. I don't even care if the high school coaches hate me because I care about the kid. And if you tell them this, now he's shut down and now he's dumbed down and now he cannot focus and practice and go as hard as he can. 
And so I try to enhance everybody with balance and rhythm. That is it. If you're balance and rhythm, it's only a matter of time. And how do we know that? We watch your takes because whether you like it or not, there's a pitching coach who didn't hit. And I'm very, very confident about this. A pitching coach who didn't hit watching your field work like a dumb pitcher. No disrespect. Like a pitcher <laughs> because I'm a hitter, a pitcher, a first baseman, a catcher, a right fielder, a third baseman. I'm everything. I've done everything. Mm -hmm. And I think from those perspectives, but I think more like a pitcher and a catcher and a shortstop when I see hitters and I'm like, am I scared of this guy or what am I seeing? So I can go to any high school game right now and call pitches and tell you exactly what's going to happen because the coaches are level one, man. They're level one until you start beating them or you start sitting on pitches, understanding that then they'll switch up. They'll switch it up just like the game. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's what I do with the high school guys because I don't use a glove when I throw BP. So I'll hold curveball like this. Mm -hmm. I'll hold it. And I want to see if they're smart enough to look at my hand. Mm. If not, then I just keep breaking them off, keep breaking them off. Mm. And then I, when I start seeing them sit on it, I'm like, oh, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I see it in your hand, coach. Awesome. Now I can wow. manipulate you Good because point. now I hold, it, I hold it like that and mm -hmm. then I'll throw a fastball because my fastball and curveball, you know, I've, I've been – and I know how to compete. So it's fastball, 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 curveball. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm little and I'm quick. And so, man, if you're guessing, you're not ever going to beat me. And mm -hmm. so I can do 30 minutes of fastball and curveball round with guys. I'm talking about varsity guys. And just beat them because they're trying to guess. And I say, you don't guess. If you guess, I will blow a fastball by you because I am reading your energy. I am reading your movements, just like any coach would right now. And so the younger kids, I tell the dads or the moms, whoever's helping them, whether you like it or not, the kid is competing against an adult. There's a coach watching what he does. If he steps out, he's going like this to the pitcher. Now, if the pitcher throws strikes, now your kid doesn't have a chance because he's not understanding what he's, how he's moving. He's not understanding what he's presenting to the whole baseball community when he's doing that. And so uh, I'm trying to really get the guys to do field work. And now that means I really have to control my sessions. So if a kid takes a bad swing, if he takes two in a row, I have to stop it and tell him to get out of the box and do field work. And then I watch his field work and his field works bad. Then I got to stand up and go back over there and talk to him about it because mm -hmm. the field work matters what you're going to do in the box. Right. And there's sometimes they're too immature to understand it. So I got to keep talking about it and keep talking about it. And my biggest thing is making them aware. So my big varsity guys like to dive in. And so I have this big thing of having, reading that energy and going back and forth, stop because the angles are feet, hips, and shoulders. We're not manipulating those right now, especially if you don't need to understand how to, how to hit. And so the balance approach is just staying square. Now, if it's outside, you close up, go to right center field. And if you uh, it's down the middle or you want to pull it, you go left center field. So now we're just boom, boom. And it's shoulders, right? Shoulders and hips. That's it. That's how the elite hit with our back hip. And so I literally show the guys. And then I go in there. And if they don't believe me, I show them how to hit. What do you want me to hit it? Boom. I hit there. Left center. What do you want me to hit? Right center. Boom. This is how we do it. I've always had back control. My dad just showed me off as a five-year-old. And so I was just mechanically sound. That's it. I was connected. The term connected, right? And so I try to show those guys how to be properly connected with the core, the breathing, their chin. Your head doesn't matter if your feet suck. Mm -hmm. Because the little kids, if their back foot never rotates properly, you don't exist. Because you cut off all the power. You cut off that right eye or your left eye, whatever way you're swinging, and you don't rotate properly. And that's the biggest thing. And now if the back foot sucks, the front foot's usually the culprit. Because the front side leaves the back side and we're ground up. And so that's something that I built, I mean, that I figured out, but I don't know if it's out there already, you know, but I don't try to worry about everybody else. I know what I'm doing here. 
and how I speak. And so I try to make them understand that your head doesn't matter. Your hands don't matter if your feet are bad. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, hey, I want to be respectful of your time. A lot of, a lot of great advice there. I love that, Ray. Glad that we did this. And I'm sure we can do some part twos. Um, before we like to go or before we go, where can people find you? Uh, talk about any, you know, any of the social media platforms. Um, I know you got a website, but it looks like it's a little under construction right now. So where can people? Yes, sir. So uh, I'm big on social media. I got Snapchat. It's Raycam4, just the number four. My Instagram is Raycam4, R-A-Y-C-A-M, number four, O-E. Uh, I have Fat on Fat Baseball on Instagram, Fit on Fit Fitness on Instagram. Uh, I also have Fit on Fit Fitness on Facebook as well. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, all the big social media sites. I have Fit on Fit Fitness, Fat on Fat Baseball, and my own personal page account. And uh, I just try to give information out to as many people as possible. And, you know, I don't do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of free work because I feel like this stuff's so hard that if you can do it, awesome. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and there's no secrets. There's no secrets. I'm an open book. I'll tell anybody anything. So yeah. people reach out to me all the time in DMs and messages. And uh, I talk, I love, I love my job. I love it. And what uh, of those social media ones, what are the one or two that you're on most? Uh, I would say Facebook and Instagram. Probably the most. I'm actually, well, I'm actually on TikTok as well. Ray Campo. I was going to say uh, I that TikTok was in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, tick, so I, I did a video <clears throat> like two days ago, man. And I've gotten like a hundred followers on TikTok recently. And uh, I'm really surprised because I see a lot of baseball coaches getting roasted on TikTok, dude. And, <laughs> and I'm like, cause these kids are unrelentless. And I, so I've been like, I was telling a friend, I've been ready for a little kid to come talk smack to me. So I can just get them, but it hasn't happened. So the only thing I can think of is I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And they understand what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. uh, I had a kid reach out to me and say, Hey, where's part two? Yeah. So I parsed, I, you know, and I was like, Hey, I, it's one fan. Right. So I posted two. I was like, all right, here you go. Two and three, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm willing to teach anybody who wants to learn. Yeah. Cause we're all learning. Right. Cool, dude. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time again. Um, and then, like I said, we'll, we'll be in touch. I'll get you all your stuff. And we'll kind of go from there and, and maybe do a part two, part three in the future. Awesome, man. Thanks. Hey, thanks for your time, brother. Keep up the good yes, work sir. out there. You too, man. All right. See ya. Later.